Uh, this morning, uh, we're just starting a bit of a, a new series, and, and I like this one. It's, it's called Doing Life with God. Doing Life with God. Because, you know, all of us are called to live according to this new life that we found in Christ Jesus, and we need to do it with God. You know, we don't want to turn it into a religion or just something that we practice, but rather we do life with God and we see it that way. I remember something that Pastor Peter said to me uh, when he was preparing to come up. He said, uh, I'm here to minister whatever you want to do, whatever you want us to do. He says, we don't do ministry as a job, we do it as a lifestyle. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's great. That is a, a, a much better way of looking at it. And of course, you saw the result of that. Those of you that received prayer and prophecy and, uh, and how exciting that was, did us no harm. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, John 10, verse 7, I should say, verse 10, uh, says this. And then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Well, I've found that those pastures are really green. How about you? You know, found out that those pastures that we've been called to are so green and so lush and so well provided for. But here's the point is we cannot get to where we're going unless we stop here first and make sure that everyone gets this. Jesus is the gate. There is no other gate. There's no other door. There's no other way. Anyone that comes to God must come through Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Don't make the mistake of thinking that there are many roads that lead to God. Who's heard that one before? Oh, there's many roads that lead to God. You start talking to someone about Jesus and they start talking about many roads that lead to God. Don't listen to that nonsense. That's a lie. Someone says, but Buddhists are nice people. Have, have, look, very serene, very calm, all of those kind of things. But I actually had a testimony uh, shared with me by uh, went up into Sri Lanka and I think it was 2004, was doing a pastor's conference and was up there preaching away and afterwards a couple of uh, uh, pastors came to me and said, oh, this is um, a brother so-and-so, he pastors out in Trincomalee, I think somewhere out of Trincomalee and uh, up in the hills and, uh, and his testimony was that the local Buddhists, not being down on Buddhists, right? But these Buddhists, this model of Buddhist, uh, tied them up in their house to chairs, got them, you know, the whole family all tied up and set their house on fire because they're trying to get Christians out of the area. And they were just grateful that they weren't really good at tying knots because they managed to wriggle out and get out before the house burned down. So, you know, that whole idea about there's some religions are so peaceful and so nice and, uh, you know, you could aspire to be like that one day and reach their level of serenity, don't, don't be fooled. Let's remember the salvation is not about being nice. We, we should try and be nice. I know I try very hard, Rosemary will tell you, I try very hard to be nice. I was only saying to her, I need to smile more, don't I? And she goes, yes. You see, look, all you young people out there, just know this. As you get older, things start to droop. 
even your face muscles, and it makes, makes you look like you've got a sad face. You know, when you see old people understand something, there's droop going on. Okay, that's, that's what's happening, okay. And, and I said, I was saying, all right, what I need to do is find gym for face muscles, you know, and get them lively again, you know, and um, so that the joy that's in our heart is actually on our face. And, um, but how many of you know new age won't save you? Transcendental meditation, I can barely say it. That's not going to save you either. Reiki, gurus, reflecting on your navel, you know. It won't get you to heaven. That's what we're saying here today. Nor will, we, will all the other non-Christian religions. They may give you a sense of serenity, but it ends up with eternity without God. And that's the thing that we need to be convinced of. And therefore, the truth that we have, the truth that we know about our Lord Jesus Christ needs to be preached. Because that's the only thing that's going to get someone from, from uh, eternal separation from God to eternity with God. We need to preach it. They're all around us. And that's why we pray and talk about the Holy Spirit working through our life, prompting us, guiding us, leading us, giving us steps that we can reach others with. Amen. Never want to get dispassionate about that. In church, we've got to know where those voices of deception come from. It's the deception of the liar who has lied from the beginning, the ultimate rebel, I call him, Satan, who throughout the history of mankind has engineered counterfeit religions to keep mankind from the truth of the gospel and God's redemptive plan for mankind, and we should be aware of that. There's a lot of deception out there. And Jesus here reminds us, and I, I turn to it, in John 10, verse 10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they ha may have it more abundantly. And we can quite accurately describe the thief in this passage as a devil. We know that's who Jesus was talking about. Jesus actually called him in another place the father of lies. His first words recorded in the Bible in his temptation to Eve is deception and a lie. First words recorded in the Bible, deception, lie. Genesis 3.1. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? First words. What a liar. And it's interesting when you read on that the lie and the, attempt, the temptation to Eve was that the fruit would bring a form of enlightenment. Isn't that interesting? Being like God and knowing both good and evil. It's interesting that, that alternative religions offer that very same proposition to their followers. You know, a, a greater enlightenment, enlightenment, greater understanding. And we all need to see that in God's plan of salvation for man, he purposed that he would have abundant life. And that's, a, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't looking for religion. You know that 21-year-old, sun-bleached, long, curly hair? You're going, where? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> wasn't looking for another religion. I'd wondered about religions. 
I'd actually gotten to this place where I said, I'm not looking for religion. Get this. I'm looking for the truth. That's what I was saying. Uh, you know what? Heaven heard it. I know heaven said, you're goner, you know. Because it, it was the truth that changed my heart. And I said this, I said, I'll know the truth when I hear it because it'll ring true in my heart. That's what I was saying. And, um, and I'm sure heaven said, get him. Get him, we'll have him, you know. And I'm sure there was people around at the time that were praying for me and praying that I'd get saved. People who, who you know, had seen me, known me, etc. and just started to pray and intercede for salvation. And I just want to uh, encourage you here this morning, if you're here this morning and you say, well, I don't know that I've got that salvation like that. I don't know that I'm actually, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm really, re you know, in relationship with God. Well, we can fix that later on with just a simple prayer, the prayer of salvation, where we actually invite Jesus to come into your life and you make him Lord of your life. You watch what happens when you do. You know, it's a life where God keeps manifesting himself. That was the first thing I started to see. When I first started reading the Bible, I'm going, oh my goodness, these guys know God like I know God. <laughs> that was how I read it. I started to read about all those fishermen and I started thinking, these guys knew God. The very words and the things that were, you know, were in the Bible, I thought, they, they, know, like, they know God like me. You know? And I got excited about that. It's a life where God keeps manifesting himself and letting you know that he's there, that he's real, that he's true, that he's on your side. He's not against you, he's for you. Amen. The life where God keeps turning up and showing up and showing up with his mighty hand to save, fix things, sort things out. And we're going to spend some time looking at doing life with God for that very reason. And you know when you are because the Lord keeps showing up to save and to deliver. And to make whole. Let's just read that again in um, uh, John 10 and verse 10. It says, And the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Let's look at the intention of God. I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And I'm in. All right? You've got to say it in your heart. I'm in, you know, uh, because we need to make a commitment to that lifestyle, to that life that he came to give. The, the Greek word life is the word zoe, okay, zoe. And it literally is translated as the God kind of life. The God kind of life. Well, what kind of life are you having? Oh, I'm having the God kind of life, thanks very much. And I'm not going to be turned away from that. By any persecution or, or trouble or circumstances, I'm not going to be turned away from that. And you should make a commitment not to as well. Oh, well, they've got some... I've taken this job, I won't be able to go to church anymore. Well, I should have prayed about that first, you know. You know, and, and there are seasons in your life where work takes a, you know, a priority, and I understand that, but you want to make sure it doesn't take you away from walking in that life that God's called us to. You know, you can pursue the natural life or you can pursue the God kind of life. Your choice, knowing how we got here is important, knowing how it was that we got to access into this God kind of life and then how to maintain it. That's so very important because we are to maintain the God kind of life. Get this, with our words. What are you saying? How do you speak? And I like First Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Great verse. 
He who would love life, same word again, Zoe, the God kind of life. He who would love the God kind of life and see good days, because that's what it will bring, good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So in other words, my maintenance, my con continuity into the God kind of life is directly result, a direct result of what I'm saying, what I'm speaking, what I'm doing with my mouth and my words. How quickly we lose our way when we let the enemy lie to us and when we then speak words that are counter to God's will and his ways. We've got to watch out for that. Stop that. I said that I said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The biggest problem that I had when I became a Christian, I found out was right under my nose. And it was my mouth. It was the way I was speaking, what I was saying. I'd be in church, I'd say all the right things, and then I'd go out the door and find out that I was saying all the wrong things. Saying things that really I didn't really want to happen. But you said it anyway because we were just, just were careless with our words. Knowing that you got to where you are and where you are now through faith is important. Speaking God's word, believing it in your heart, that's the prayer of salvation. You believe in the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead and that you, know, you are now forgiven from all of your sins. And believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. So very important when we pray that prayer. You know, when we answered the call to the, to the altar or, or, or had a friend lead us in prayer, confessing Jesus as Lord and Saviour, that was the moment when we started to walk in this uh, God kind of life, this Zoe kind of life. And of course, doing life with God requires a continuing action. It's also called living by faith. Also called that as well, living by faith. How many of you know, uh, you know, you get lost sometimes? How many of you have experienced getting lost? You know, uh, where you forget how you got where you are? It's important. I don't know how many times I've got lost going to Bard Creek. All right? <laughs> I'm just going to talk about getting lost going to Bard Creek. You know, having got there successfully before... It seems each time I've got there successfully, I get lost another time getting there. I don't know how that happens, but, you know, we, are, we have many ways of getting to Bard and a lot of them are wrong. <laughs> um, uh, I flew into Perth last uh, Sunday uh, night, woke up and decided to get some um, shopping done on the Monday. And I just knew, I hadn't looked, but I just knew that the shopping centres would be open. And, uh, of course, sure enough, I got up, I got up onto uh, Google, looked at Karen Up Shopping Centre, and, uh, and there it was, open on a public holiday from 11 o'clock. I said, that's okay, that's a sleep-in, and then breakfast, and then off to do a little bit of shopping. And, uh, well, they've just finished a big extension. At <laughs> it's now a mega shopping centre, and... Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I went to where I thought could be a, a good place to park my car, slip into David Jones, retrace my steps, find my car and leave. You know, that's what I was thinking. And, uh, and so easily and then get out of there because it was, you know, by, by 5 to 11, the place was crazy. 
there were cars going everywhere and you just didn't know, what, you know, you just follow the cars in front of you sort of thing. And I, I took notice as I was leaving the car park, going down to, uh, into the shops, that I was at car park level one, green. And for some of you who know me, I'm colour blind anyway. So we're off to a wrong start because they've got colour codes on where you should park and, and, uh, and all of that. So which, and as I went in, it was to the food court and I thought, that's good. On my way back, I'll be able to smell the food. That'll, that, that'll tell me which way to go to get back to the car. And, uh, and also I might be able to stop and have a quick bite to eat. But the whole time uh, uh, stopping as I got into the, into the stopping and then having this moment where I just look around and look at my surroundings and then remember where I came from and then just kept going. And I eventually found one of those little kiosks that you, you know, that now, now, they're now electronic. You, you, you know, you've, you've got to touch them and, you know, touch screen and everything. And I found out where David Jones was and I still couldn't work out how that saying it was there was there because when I went to look, it was not there, you know. So I'm re this is getting dangerous now because I can no longer smell the food court. And, and um, but I love it when you go into those big shopping centres and it says, you are here, you know, that, and, and there's an arrow because it then tells you, well, if you're here, pointing that way, you can't go wrong. But from there, you can see where you need to go. And the Bible is our, you are here. Remember that. The Bible is our, you are here. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 119 that, the, uh, you know, the word of the Lord is a lamp unto our feet. In other words, it will show us where we are. And it's also a lamp unto our path. It will show us where we can go. You know, the promises of God, we can go there. The promises and the, you know, the exceedingly precious promises of God are there for us to go there, you know. But we've got to make sure we know why we're here, amen, and that we are here. You know, a lot of believers get to where they are and forget how they got there and then wonder why they cannot progress. They find it difficult. You see, we get saved by faith and must remember that you know, how we got saved is how we're to keep going. It's by the same principle of believing in the heart, confessing with the mouth, saying what God says. Same principle. Not being moved by what we see. You know, we cannot just, just try this when we have a problem. Oh, I better try faith. Oh, I better try prayer. You know, now that I've got a problem, I better, oh, I better pray. No, pray all the time. You know, the whole, the whole um, uh, truth of Christianity is, is that we're to have a relationship with God 24-7. You know, wake up in the middle of the night. I did last night. Woke up at quarter past three. In the, in the, and, and, you know, uh, it was quiet. My faithful new puppy dog was there at my side. But I also felt the presence of God. Just felt peaceful. Just felt, right, you know, that everything was okay. And, uh, you know, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's always there for us. So I was able to just pray and speak to him. And, and um, you know, at Karen Up, you know, I got lost there getting back to my car. There's no question about it. I'll let you know the truth. And uh, where there were two entrances to the food court, there were, I thought there was only one. And you know which one I chose on the way out. So there I am with my shopping, walking around, seeing where my car was parked and going, someone stole my car. Who do I ring? 
I was certain that that was where my car was parked and there was another car parked there now. And, um, and I'm thinking, well, I better go back down, find security and tell them someone's stolen my car. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how convinced I was that I knew how to get back to that car park. But as I went back into the food hall and then looked around, I looked up and the, there, was another, <laughs> there was another entrance to the food court just a little way along and, um, and I hadn't quite picked that, you know, that, that sign mark um, that it was that one. And so I just turned around and sure enough, I found the car parked there. No one had stolen it. And uh, <laughs> how many of you know what I'm trying to say here today is we have to remember how we got where we are. Don't lose sight of how you got saved and how important for you to continue to carry that message. How important that is. Because if we can't remember how we got where we are, how can we lead anyone else there? If making disciples is a God-given task for the church, and it is, remember, church, it's not a book club. It's not a service club. It's not a social club. The church is here to make disciples. That's why it's been left. We've got a job to do. Know your salvation scripture. You know, have three salvation scriptures that you could rattle off in a moment. Rehearsed in your heart, ready to tell someone. In the lunchroom at work or, or, you know, down the beach when you see someone you haven't seen for a while. No three salvation scriptures. Off by heart. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Galatians 2, 20. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. Amen. You know, start at rehearsing those scriptures that you know them. This is how we got where we are. Amen. But how do we get where we're going? And I want to just take a few minutes as we finish this morning just to how do we get where we're going? I like this. First Peter chapter 3 and verse... Uh, sorry, missed that one. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 to 9, it says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as tender brothers... As brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. In other words, don't play payback. Don't play revenge. But on the contrary, blessing. In other words, don't curse your enemy, bless your enemy. That's the way forward. Knowing, knowing that you were called to this, guess why? that you might inherit a blessing. I love that part. That you might inherit a blessing. What's, what blessing are you looking to inherit this morning? Think about that. What would just be the all of all blessings? Well, the Bible tells us the way forward to that is to, what does it say? Don't return evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Look at your heart, search your heart, Find out where you've been doing that and ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask the Lord to wash you of that. Notice that blessing from God follows this lifestyle. Doing life with God is going to require you watching what you say. Again, notice that. It's talking about this, this lifestyle. He that would love life and see good days. He gives us a tip. It's all the things that you say. All the things that you allow to come out of your mouth. Don't be careless with your words. 
verse 10. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. We're called to do good, aren't we? Amen. Well, you've got to turn away from evil, though. The, the temptations, the, the, the reasons for doing that, the reasons for behaving that way, you've got to turn away from them. And that's repentance turning away from it and saying, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I used to do that, but I'm not doing that anymore. Let him turn away uh, from evil and do good. Let him seek peace. Uh, who are the peacemakers? Sons and daughters of God. Amen. The peacemakers. Verse 12, look what it says. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So, you know, start doing some analysis. Start doing some inward reflection. You know, look at the way that you're living life and start doing life with God. Let's, I say this today in closing. Let's choose life. Let's choose the God kind of life, the Zoe kind of life. And, of course, we need to know the way so that we can lead others there as well. We can bring others to God's life only if we know the way and if the church doesn't do its job I say this who will the service club down the road is not going to do it the book club's not going to do it you know it's up to the church and, um, and, and, and it's going to take us individually and corporately working at these things and these truths Amen. Watching what you say. You say, how do, I, how, do I, how do I do the God kind of life? First of all, watch what you say. That's a good starting point. Because it brought us into life, saying what God says, and it's how we're going to continue into the life that he has for us, by saying what God says. Amen. Hallelujah. You know that song, Waymaker? And, um, you know, at one stage it says, um, uh, you know, uh, what... What, what, what I've said about it in the past is this, is that it, what the waymaker is looking for is a word keeper. That's how you see the results. You become a word keeper that you'll not uh, turn away from, that you'll not stop doing his word in this life. We're going to spend some little bit more time on that the next week or so. And, um, and, and again, I, I just encourage you to be that people. I'd just like you to turn that one right down this, uh, this time as we uh, do that fifth uh, song guys just turn it right down and and I'm just going to make a quiet call to you this morning um, if you're here with us this morning and and you'd say you know what I've never prayed a prayer of salvation and you know that you know that you've never prayed a prayer of salvation where you actually accept uh, ask Jesus to come into your Lord into your life you've never asked him to be your Lord and uh, I just want to encourage you if, you, if you'd like to be prayed for in that area, uh, love to pray a prayer with you and, uh, and just talk to you about that lifestyle. You know, we've got a, a room full of people here this morning who have prayed that prayer and have got evidence of the Lord's uh, goodness as a result. And um, it's just a simple prayer. But I tell you what, heaven hears it and you watch out. He'll, he'll manifest himself to show you that, that it's now real in your life.
that he's become part of your life. Amen. Amen. So, so um, why don't we all stand on our feet? We're going to sing this song and we're going to dismiss. We've got morning tea this morning, so please don't feel you need to rush off this morning. But uh, please, church, go from here this morning with that, with that heart to do life with God. Amen. And, uh, and, and be a little bit more determined about it than maybe you have been before. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we, as we, as we all stand, I'm just going to uh, pray. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for, uh, Lord God, your presence in this place. We know that you're here by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to touch lives and hearts. And Lord, to um, uh, bring us all through to where you want us, Lord. Lord, to show us the way, Father. Lord, and if we've been lost, if we've lost our way, Lord God, uh, we know that you're here to receive us, Lord. That, Lord, you're here to minister to us again, Lord, and, and set us right on track. Father, we thank you for these things. We thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord. Lord, your, your goodness and kindness to us, Lord, that leads us to repentance, Father, that we would change our mind about things and make a quality commitment, Father, one that we'll keep uh, for you and for your purposes. Lord, we thank you for uh, your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that we're all a part of your kingdom, Father, and that we can uh, walk closely with you and that you would lead us and guide us in life by your Holy Spirit, Father. We thank you for these things. And Lord, we make a fresh commitment today to live that way and do life with you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen.